0: And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala
1: Harris. (laughs) Don't hear, it can't be done. Don't hear, nobody like you has done this before. I like to say, I eat no for breakfast.
0: (laughs) This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America.
2: A lot of people have joining Blaze TV as one of their New Year's resolutions. Take care of that right now. blazetv.com slash Stu. Use the promo code Stu and save yourself 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video right now. Uh, click the, you know, the like button, click the follow button, click the bell, do all the things. We appreciate it. Glenn Beck is gonna be here in a little bit to uh, show us some of the toys he got for Christmas. We'll have the latest on the ongoing battle to confirm a Speaker of the House. But we start by doing the 2022 Dem disaster. You know, I, I don't know what, what got me started on this today, but I was watching the coverage of the House election. And I got it. It's kind of a mess, Right. I mean does anyone really love Kevin McCarthy? He's getting a bunch of votes but I mean uh, not enough to become Speaker of the House. There doesn't seem to be a lot of passion behind him. He's sort of the replacement level guy that everyone hopes uh, people can come together on. Of course, apparently not enough people uh, at least at this point uh, when we're doing this taping. What are they through six? Six votes I think you know who knows. Who knows? We could go through, I think the record was 133 votes. So if, until we get to 133, I'm not going to really pay that close of attention to it. But at some point, they're going to be able to get a speaker, I think. Was it McCarthy? I don't know. Could be somebody else. We'll see. The point, though, is that I've been watching the coverage of this, and there's just this gleeful tone to it. There's this, like, you know, chortling in the face of, of the right. It's, it's, a, it's a, oh, can you believe... These bumbling idiots. They can't even elect their own speaker. What a bunch of morons. And like, to be honest, part of me is right there. Like, yes, the Republicans are a bunch of morons. They continually screw things up. And, uh, you know, I am going to sit here and be critical of them all the time. But here's the thing. It's sort of like it's okay for us. To call the Republicans a bunch of dolts. But when you do it, media, people on the left, it's just pathetic. You know, might I remind you that this group of dolts that can't elect their own speaker are the people who beat you. That's why they have the jobs. Got it. They've got the two over 218 seats because they got more people elected than you did. So you don't get to look at them and chortle about how terrible they are. Really? Do you? I started thinking to myself, you know, I think because of the way the election went, we had a summer of optimism for the Democrats. And then it kind of converted to a summer of or a winter of, and fall, I guess, of a pessimism for the Democrats and optimism for Republicans. And before the end of the election, a lot of people were projecting, you know, projecting some big red tsunami that, you know, I kind of told you I didn't think was going to come, but Maybe I was I was open to a, a red wave tricklish type of thing that even that barely showed up. And the bottom line is, when you look at all of this, I think people got a little spun around. They started thinking to myself, well, you know, what a what a terrible what a what a terrible year for Republicans and what a wonderful win for Democrats. Was it because I look back at the year of 2022 and I think I see a bunch of disastrous moments in a row. Let me take you through it. Let me take, bring it back to 2022. And tell me if this party should be the party that's bragging to you today about how the Republicans can get their crap together, which, by the way, is true. But I don't like when you say it. No, no. Remember this? Remember they had this historic opportunity to name a new Supreme Court justice? Do you remember who they picked?
1: Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't. Mm, Not in this context. I'm not a biologist.
2: I'm not a biologist. That's the party we're talking about here. Now, we have, of course, the party of evil racists on the right with the Republicans. But, you know, I've noticed a little tinge of this occasionally from the left. Nancy Pelosi, as you know, sucks. NancyPelosiSucksPen.com which will bring you probably to a site that won't sell you pens but I will tell you if you go to StudosMerch.com use the code two hundred and ten, you can get the Nancy Pelosi Sucks mug you can get the Nancy Pelosi Sucks t-shirt some of our best sellers still everyone knows Nancy Pelosi Sucks anyway here's Nancy
1: talking about immigrants we have a shortage of workers in our country and you see even in Florida some of the farmers and the growers saying why are you shipping these uh, immigrants up north we need them to pick the crops we need, down here. We, why are you shaking up north?
2: We need them to pick the crops. What else are illegal immigrants good for? Picking crops. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate that. Now, sometimes Nancy just wants to avoid the conversation completely because she realizes when she speaks, it turns out like that. So here's Nancy giving some advice to how to argue against a good point from, I don't know, maybe a, a conservative talking about inflation.
1: When I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. Well, the ta-da. EU, the European Union, the UK, the British? British have a higher inflation rate than we do here. It's not the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living.
2: First of all, she had to be drunk there, right? I mean, I, but also, when presented with a, a tough argument, just change the subject. That's nice and easy. It could be though, maybe she was just, she had so much Jenny's ice cream and it froze her dentures and that could be why she could not get through some of those words. Now look, Nancy Pelosi is a very well-known figure on the left, but she's not the up-and-coming star. The up-and-coming star, other than Beto O'Rourke, had to be Stacey Abrams and she wanted to make sure that you understood the situation in Georgia. Now she last time said she basically won the, the gubernatorial race. So Obviously, she's the candidate to run the next time uh, against Kemp in in Georgia. And her entire case was basically voters were going to be suppressed. All these new rules in Georgia were going to suppress votes. But then there was this whole problem where we're having record numbers of voters in Georgia. This was a tad inconvenient until Stacey used her noggin.
0: The question about voter suppression and voter turnout is causation without correlation. We I'm sorry. You can make mistakes even when you know what you're talking about. Oh. It's correlation without causation. We know that increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression.
2: Increased turnout has nothing to do with suppression. Noodle your way through that right now. And, and I, don't take too long, though, because Stacey has another point about abortion that you're going to have to take some time on.
1: There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body.
2: <laughs> a manufactured sound. How did she lose? How did she, it's hard to imagine that someone like that could lose, not once, but twice. Let's run her back for a third time in four years. What do you say? I think we should commit to that right now because she's fantastic. For Republicans, I will say another person who's fantastic for Republicans actually wound up winning her race. Now she, for the Democrats, is up in New York, Kathy Hochul, who got this job not by being elected, but by being the underling to one of the worst people in in all of human history, Andrew Cuomo, uh, who, by the way, is awful. Do you remember that? Um, Andrew Cuomo leaves. Kathy Hochul gets the job, does nothing of note, almost loses statewide in New York. But it does have a bad enough showing to maybe turn the Congress to the Republicans in the House because I think it was five seats that went, that were unexpected to go to, uh, to Republicans wound up going that way, somewhat because Hochul's poor performance and Lee Zeldin doing well. Well, here's one of the, here's the closing message. If you're like, what's your closing argument for your campaign, uh, Governor Hochul? Here it was.
1: And we're here to say that the era of Trump And Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. Okay, get out of town. Get out of town. Because you don't you don't represent our values. You are not New Yorkers.
2: Mm, There you go. You know, typically you want your voters to stay in the state. And uh, but apparently she was not trying to persuade anyone. And to be fair to her, she didn't need to. She could just be a Democrat, even though she was terrible and still win. But it cost uh, on many other counts. Uh, How about Maxine Waters? We love Maxine Waters. She's always good for a fantastic quote. This incredible party producing incredible people who, you know, have told us forever for 50 years that Roe versus Wade was settled law and we should take that. For what it's worth, because if the Supreme Court said it, you just got to listen. You can't push back. You can't try to change minds. You can't try to get new Supreme Court justice in there. You just need to accept it. For half a century, we were told this. And then it's the second they lost with Roe versus Wade being overturned. Here's what we got from Maxine.
1: You see this turn here? You ain't seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they
0: think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. We will be out by the thousands. We will be out by the millions. We're going to make sure we fight for the right to control our own bodies. Thank you. Hello, everybody.
2: Hello. Hi, Maxine. You think that's a wig? Uh, I don't know, what do you think? Yeah? Um, uh, interesting. I, the one thing I will say about the, the liberal approach of getting millions of women out there to fight for abortion rights, don't abort too much because then eventually you'll have none left. You have, to, you have to watch how much you abort because eventually you've got no voters left to vote your abortion policies through. Now, so far we've talked uh, all about women. Uh, and I guess in some ways, the Democrats had a year of the woman. I'm glad Maxine brought up women. We had all these women clips from women that we've played so far. Maxine is a woman as well. She's very clear about women and women's rights. They can't define a woman exactly, but they know they've got rights of some sort. Um, And that's why I think if we're talking about maybe the most incredible women of the year on the Democratic side, we can't go any further. without mentioning Rachel Levine.
0: We really want to, 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 to base our treatment and, uh, and to uh, affirm and to uh, support and empower these youth, not to limit their participation in activities and sports, and even uh, uh, limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state.
2: Mm, almost too feminine. Almost too feminine. It's almost like you get so feminine, and it comes around the circle— And you cross back over into masculine somehow. I don't know exactly how that works. I'm not a gender theorist, but uh, we can work on that later on. How about policy, though? We've talked a lot about crazy things that the left has said. Because remember, they're the party with everything together, as you're seeing here. Um, What about their policy? Um, Let me give you some good sober analysis of how you should think about, let's say, climate
1: change. But they've also given us a model to become our own leaders. And let me tell you what it means to to me coming in as a different generation. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change.
2: That's called bad parenting. If your child is waking up with nightmares about climate change, you're a terrible parent. Terrible. They should be scared of like, you know, whoever current day Freddy Krueger is the guy from Terrifier, two. Maybe they caught online and they saw a clip of a clown stabbing people a bunch of times. That's something they should wake up being terrified of. Not 0.9 degrees Celsius over 100 years. Just letting you know. OK, uh, you know who I miss? Jen Psaki. I know she's gone now. Of course, Corinne Jean-Pierre. We could do an entire show. I've tried to leave her out as much as possible, but we could do an entire show of Corinne Jean-Pierre clips to remind you how bad the left is. But instead, let's go back to the predecessor, Jen Psaki, talking about the importance of the war in Ukraine.
0: What this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and need to and we need to look at other ways of process of having energy in our country and others. One of the interesting things, George, we've seen over the last week or so is that a number of European countries are recognizing they need to reduce their own reliance on Russian oil.
2: Yes, the war in Ukraine kicking the green revolution into gear. Mm, that's always exciting. Now, one of the things you do as a public figure is if you have something that goes awry, like you say something like if you say uh, basket of deplorables, for example, you don't want to keep repeating that for years and years and years on end. Well, you know. That's not necessarily the case with Samantha Power. Now, Samantha Power, you might remember from the Obama administration. She was a big player there. I remember our our own Glenn Beck, who's coming up here in just a minute, talking about Samantha Power over and over and over again and all the things that she was planning and, and all of her writings and all of this. Well, she's back for the Biden administration. You might not know her all that well, but she wants to make sure you understand this little thing about the environment.
1: Fertilizer shortages are real now because Russia is a big exporter of fertilizer. And even though fertilizer is not sanctioned, uh, less fertilizer is coming out of Russia. As a result, we're working with countries to think about natural solutions like manure and compost. And this may hasten transitions that would have been in the interest of farmers to make eventually anyway. So never let a crisis go to waste. But we really do need this financial support uh, from the Congress to be able to meet emergency food needs so we don't see the cascading uh, deadly
0: effects of Russia's war extend into Africa and beyond.
2: (laughs) You're supposed to run away from the phrase never let a crisis go to waste. That's something that like you're supposed to deny ever knowing existed. It's like their bumper sticker. It will remain their bumper sticker. And we saw that bumper sticker quite clearly in 2020 now, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to take a break. We have, uh, I got a bunch of stuff. I mean, we haven't even hit the president yet. Maybe we'll do that here in a few minutes. But I want to get to our own Glenn Beck, who has... Has some interesting things. I asked him. He was at the DeSantis swearing in yesterday. He was at some special dinner with him. He talked to Ron DeSantis. And he actually was uh, cited in the New York Times about this particular visit. I'm going to ask him about that. And he's got some, uh, apparently, some presents he's going to bring and show off from his Christmas shopping spree. That comes up with Glenn Beck next. So are the Biden administration's New Year's resolutions of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation, are those things at odds with your goals, with your resolutions, with your idea of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games in Washington, uh, look, you can think about gold. Gold with birch gold. Uh, I know I'm tired of my money being impacted by idiots in Washington. For over 5,000 years, though, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And the great news is you can still get in. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401K into an IRA in precious metals. All you got to do is text the word STU to 989898. They're going to hook you up with a free info kit on gold. With all, I think, 20 years experience now converting IRAs and 401Ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting STU, S-T-U, to the number 989898. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews. There's no reason uh, to, to to not look into this and understand what your options are. You can start today with a free info kit. There's no obligation to make the request. Just text Stu to 989898 that get you all hooked up with the information. Text Stu to 989898. Get started today with Birch Gold. I'm joined once again by Glenn Beck His new special coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight. It is. Is, this is how the GOP stops losing in 2023. Be sure to stay tuned. Yeah, Glenn, welcome to the program. Thank We're, you. You've brought a giant
0: ball with you. It's more than a giant ball, Stu. Mm-hmm. You told me to bring something. I did. Right. So I brought you something from the museum. You d- I did ask you to bring something from the museum. Yes. And what and have you brought? I have brought Sputnik. <laughs> this is Sputnik. Yeah, I- <laughs> Right here, I see, see. and well, it doesn't have the the pointy parts. It doesn't have the, the spine. Pointy but parts. Nobody mm-hmm. on the Stu show has a spine, so why should Sputnik? <laughs> but it's got the big, twelve foot spines that come out of it too.
2: I want to. I do want to ask you about Sputnik, but really, yeah. what I was thinking about you bringing was maybe what you brought to the Ron DeSantis inauguration the other day. Like oh. maybe, maybe, you could have brought Should've that. Should have been more specific. No, I, can't. I mean I did bring that. Here, hold
0: this. Just hold it. Just hold. Just, Sp- hold Sputnik. That'd be something you don't say very often. Don't dent it. It's very valuable.
2: Uh, so I—I I feel like the dad on a Christmas story.
0: <laughs> it's a—it's a blue don't. ball, <laughs> a bowling ball. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, All right, so I'll I'll I things. brought a couple of things mm-hmm. to For uh, <laughs>
1: it's just a giant to
0: Sputnik in every shot. We can't remove it from it. Half the shots is in front of one of us. The other one, like when it goes to you, you just see. Sp- just keep the camera right on mm-hmm. me. Just zoom in on this. This is. Move Sputnik. Oh, sorry. It's not a prop to make fun. Uh, so this is the uh, inaugural oath from 1980 for Ronald Reagan. Wow. The card, this is the card he actually read from. This is the card that was held right down and... Behind and Sputnik. Had, behind Sputnik. Right. <laughs> and he had his hand up and he, <laughs> he said these words, which <laughs> I think is uh, amazing. Uh, then I offered... He signed it, by the way, too. Yeah. What did he write on top? He wrote to Nancy, who brightens the corner where we are, but not Nancy, his wife. Nancy, who worked on the campaign, and I don't think went into office with him, but uh, she was very important to Mm. him, and so that's it. Then I brought uh, Governor DeSantis a couple of Bibles I thought that he might be used, you might be interested in using. We have a huge Bible collection. Um, This is the Bible uh, from Mary Todd Lincoln, the Lincoln Mm. Bible. Um, And what's interesting about this, there's a long story and I won't bore you with it now. I'll bore you with it some other time, (laughs) clearly. But uh, there was a Bible uh, chapter that uh, Abraham Lincoln was was reading one time. And... uh, it's recorded that it cheered him up. He was so down, it cheered him up. And when we got this Bible, this bookmark was still marking the chapter, the book of Job. Mm. That's, that's the one that made him happy.
2: Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: and this is the one that uh, Governor DeSantis was... was. Uh, sworn in on yesterday. Yeah, mentioned in the New York Times, by the way, uh, this is uh, what it says, the Bible that Mr. DeSantis used to take the oath of office was a Bible
2: of the Revolution, the first complete Bible in English to be printed in America, according to Sotheby's. Glenn Beck, the conservative commentator, posted on Twitter that he lent that Bible to Mr. DeSantis for the
0: inauguration. I, I love the fact that they had to call Sotheby's,
2: right. <laughs> what's with this Bible? Yeah. Well, he's he got to be lying. How lying. is he lying? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so this is, and if you can, I don't know if you can zoom in. I can't open this one very far, but it's very hard to read, right? Can you zoom in, in tighter? I don't know if you're gonna there. be able to read that's really uh, Or it's right here at the top, but it's by order of the United States Congress. This is the first and only Bible ever to be endorsed by Congress. It was one of the first acts that Congress did. We needed a Bible for our schools, but also our churches. There was a <laughs> breakdown of trade, I think, with the Dutch or something that were printing a lot of our Bibles, we were not allowed to print them under the King. Um and so Congress, that was one of the first acts they did, was allow Aiken to uh print a Bible. It's called the Aiken Bible, and it's the one that uh George Washington uh was handed and said, uh, uh finally a gift uh, worthy of the men who served mm. by my side. I, and a single-handed destruction of separation of church and state.
2: Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. one book right. completely destroys that narrative. Correct. Which is Correct. why you have it and someone else does Like,
0: you'd think, like, a big, you know, like, I don't know, the Smithsonian would want it. But, like, this is... You... There are only seven copies of these, and I have three of them. Really? They are really important for the American story for that reason. Right, because it, it tells a story. Why, why would Congress authorize mm. and approve Print. of this printing of the Bible? Yeah, um, incredible. <coughs> for schools, by the way. For remember schools. That. For schools. Uh, and one more thing, this is kind of cool. <laughs> it's, uh, Batman, it's hard to see with the light. Oh, yeah, because it's got a black it's background black. as well. But it is a Batman yeah. mask. It is Batman. This is actually from Batman Begins, which is the third. The oh, first yeah. of I the like trilogy. That Yeah, this is the I, one. Yeah. Those are the... So remember when Scarecrow is making fire and Batman comes through the fire? Mm. He walks through the fire. Everything's on fire. This is the cowl that he wore uh, during that. It's fireproof. It's a fireproof cowl. Just, just for that scene. Wow! Yeah, incredible. So now you have the Batman head. Here, and it's Sputnik probably of, awkward
2: for you. Just it me, is a tad. Give me Sputnik.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway.
2: Now, first of all, I want to tell you this. Now, now the Batman thing is in in, in the way. Can I move the Batman thing? Yeah.
0: Be careful, please. I mean,
2: you were I, you were handing me like the old timey Bible. I was like, I could not even didn't even want to touch it, and you were fine with that. But you're worried about Batman and Sputnik. Sputnik, I will tell you, looking at Sputnik, what I want are giant bowling pins. Is it possible No. that we go out in the hall, no, we get not. some
0: giant bowling pins, there's two holes no, already, we could not. get a third hole in there. For it. <laughs> no. I mean, no, no, okay. no. All right. now, I really want some, I, w- I mean, I would only trust like NASA to do this, mm-hmm. but I really want, there's screws all the way around it. I'd love to see the inside of this. Oh my gosh. And, uh, you know, incredible. we're not taking it apart. No, You know, no. I would love to see... Because this is the full, this was the last working model before they built the fourth one to put in space. Yeah. The first one is in the Moscow, you know, Museum of Space. The second one built was, is in the Air and Space Museum. This is the third and final prototype. And the fourth one they sent up into space and it burned up on re-entry. It's incredible. Incredible. Wait, so you did a show right before vacation. It was the last day before we went on vacation. Yeah
2: that explained how you came to be the owner of Sputnik. Can you tell us a little bit about how
0: <laughs> uh, you just have to have a wife who just mm. loves you a <laughs> lot. I'll have to work on that one. Uh, right. Cause I came, I came home and I said, we're the proud owner of Sputnik. <laughs> and she said, what did that mm. cost? And I said, well, depending on your point of view, probably not as much as you thought. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, just, there is an auction house here in town uh, called uh, American heritage, heritage auctions. And they are one of the best, especially for pieces like this and, and this. Um, and uh We've done a lot of business with them. But Mm -hmm. sitting there and actually bidding at one of those, you know, it's not, you know, people are like, oh, well, that's a lot of money. And, you know, well, he's got a lot of money. That's like $20 to us. No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, And, I I mean, I was exhausted after that election because it was, or after that uh, auction, because your heart is just beating so fast. And you're thinking, this is so much money. What? This better be Really, 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 Sputnik, right? And it really and it better be impressive. And it is. It's. I mean, so I, we're uh, taking the we're taking the museum on tour. We have so many. Next time I come, great. I'll bring Braveheart sword, Mel Gibson's Braveheart. That's incredible. Sword. I mean, I like you've always had a good collection. You got involved with people like David Barton, others around
2: uh, in this community, and and you've been able to put together quite a collection. But I mean, just the difference in the last year of what you've added. Is incredible. I mean, this is. Uh, I don't believe in the stock market,
0: right? <laughs> where else? Where else are you going to spend your money? In the Sputnik gonna... market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very limited market. There's only I will three tell of them. you this mm-hmm. I talked to an appraiser mm-hmm. and I said, So you know what I have? And they said, You have a collection that will either very soon be worthless <laughs> and then in a hundred years worth a fortune, or you have a great collection that will really appreciate in value. And I said, which one do you think it is? And they said, depends on where the country goes. Mm. Because mine is all based around the American story. Batman, actually, the legend is, we don't know if this is true, the legend is that it is roughly inspired by Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, really? Because Theodore Roosevelt, Gotham, He was the guy who came in and cleaned up Gotham. He was kind of a dark knight. He did things that maybe you probably shouldn't (laughs) do, but he had to clean up the corruption and the death in in New York City and was from a very wealthy, well-to-do family and just got it done. And the legend is is that Teddy Roosevelt is actually the inspiration for Batman. (laughs) Amazing. I will say, uh, first of all, the show where Glenn
2: wins the Sputnik auction is on Blaze TV. You can check it out. It's the last show right before vacation on the Glenn TV feed. You should definitely go watch that. I'll say, too, I, I know you've been talking about taking the museum on the road for a while. If if this comes to your town, you have to see it because it's it's grown to this incredible collection
0: of not just amazing historical documents like this Bible from 1782. Um, oh, the story behind the Lincoln Bible is unbelievable. I'll tell it some other time, but it's incredible. Now you know things like Sputnik, but also stuff from film and culture that you wouldn't
2: even believe. I mean, it, you've we really go into put something vault. special together here.
0: We go into our vault, which is what about six thousand five or six thousand square feet. And uh, every time I walk in, there's something new. Every time I walk in, I'm like, I cannot believe this is Sputnik. (laughs) You know what I mean? And there's like a thousand items like that. Mm -hmm. And the square footage in there, that's about 1% of the collection. So we're going to see what we can fit into a tractor trailer or two and, uh, and bring it to at least... Two cities that I know of we're just trying to figure out what does it cost to insure and to move <laughs> the insurance, <laughs> insurance. Mm. I said to Tanya when I brought this because it was it was during the holiday. So I had it at the house instead of in the vault. And uh, I said, we should call the insurance company. And the insurance company said, what do you mean Sputnik? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a question I want to (laughs) ask, That's a good question. I can't blame What do you mean, Sputnik? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And, uh, you said Sputnik. I said Sputnik. (laughs) There were four of them. One burned up and the other three, uh, you know, one's in Moscow, one's in Washington, D.C., and the other one's now in my house. It's not anymore, so, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, they said... uh, yeah, we're going to need somebody to come and put some eyes on that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they believe me. Yeah. I
2: wouldn't believe you either. <laughs> I didn't believe you when you suggested it before you bought it. <laughs>
0: um, and it also, there's also a Tesla connection with with what you got here, too, so, right? So, um, the radio, this, the final test, the this spine is for a uh, radio broadcast. Yeah. This was only meant, they made it in this... Uh, shape. And with this finish, they polished the one that went up really high polish. um, And they, they did it so you could see it and you could hear it. It just, the only thing this thing did was circle the earth and go beep, 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 beep. So everyone on earth could hear that Russia had been in space and you could see it. Um, And so this particular one Comes with a radio made by Tesla, like not the company. Like. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure on the radio. It just says Tesla, mm. um, and uh, uh, and has the Soviet star on it, and a place on the dial. It's this big, huge, beautiful radio. I'm afraid to plug it in, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it 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 is tuned to pick this up. Amazing. All right. Well. When this goes on tour, I'll make you a deal. You pick
2: the city. I will show up with giant bowling pins. And, we... <laughs> and we'll and we see what happens. And we'll see what happens. See what happens. We'll see what happens. Oh, All right, perfect. Uh, make sure to check the special tonight, which is this is how the GOP stops losing in 2023, which... <laughs> That's a mystery if you can solve that one in one show. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's unsolved mystery. It'll, be, yeah, it'll yeah. be incredible. It's 9 p.m. Eastern right after this program. And uh, you'll get all the details on. I know we're going to be talking about it on radio. We'll talk about it here as well when the museum, uh, when we get the cities down and yeah. where it's going to be. You've got to go see this thing. Uh, make sure to subscribe, blazetv.com slash Stu. promo code is Stu, You'll save 10 bucks. Glenn, Sputnik, Batman, everybody, thanks for joining. Good night, everybody. <laughs> That conversation was a bit of an adventure, wasn't it? Uh, Before we talked to Glenn, we were talking about the 2022 Dem disaster. And I want to get into more of this because, yes, Republicans are a total mess. They've always been a total mess, but they're less of a mess than the Democrats. At least that's my theory here. And I wanted to give you a little review, the year in review from 2022 of some of the idiotic things that happened. We can't do this uh, concept at all without hitting on Joe Biden. Um, the way he hits on under eight, forget it. Um, here is Joe Biden talking about school children uh, because that's not uncomfortable at all.
1: You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. Mm-hmm.
2: This is the thing that got uh, Youngkin elected in Virginia, this exact concept. Doesn't matter. They're still on this. This is one of the big lessons, I think, from this election. The the Democrats didn't learn the lesson that everyone was expecting them to learn, that CRT and, and gender craziness and all the stuff they've been pushing, the crazy nonsense they've been pushing. They didn't get burned all that badly for it. Yes, they lost the House, but they didn't get burned as badly as they should. They are going to keep doing this, which is going to give us incredible material to talk to you about. How about uh, the student loan thing? Now, this is an unconstitutional plan. Uh, it was, of course, an edict from the, from the executive branch, not a bill that was passed. But we have an incoherent president who is unaware of what is going on around him. And this makes that perfectly
1: clear. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. Got it passed by, there was no vote on it. How do you not know that?
2: I mean, obviously there was no vote on it. Uh, It was completely unconstitutional, would not have passed if you went to try to vote it, uh, get votes for it, which is why, of course, you just did it by yourself. He's in the middle of a Supreme Court battle on this, which he's going to lose, and yet he's not even aware whether it was a, a passed bill or not. Incredible. Um... He also wanted to do some, um, you know, the assault weapons ban. This is a big pitch from uh, the Democrats. They always want to do this. And uh, they continue to say stuff because they don't really understand what an assault weapon is. No one does because it's not a thing. All all guns are uh, capable of assault, obviously. So uh, assault weapon is kind of all. We- I don't even know what he's talking about. And then he started talking about automatic weapons at one point. But of course, those have been banned for mo- for a long time. I don't know if that's constitutional. There may be another question we should come up with later on. But anyway, here's Joe Biden talking about a new semi-automatic weapon ban.
1: The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick, it's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero, none. Not a single solitary
2: rationale He's talking about 90% of all weapons purchased in the United States that are semi-automatic. But just throwing that out there, those are rational, common-sense gun policy. You can't have any of them. That's the common-sense point there. Um, How about uh, spending money? Now, we know they spent a lot of money in the government. We've seen a lot of inflation this year. It was a really bad year last year when it came to that. The worst year in 40 years when it comes to inflation. But I want you to know Joe Biden had nothing to do with it.
1: I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true.
2: Can you imagine being that disengaged from reality? What? That must be fun. what What a great time it must be just to be there and be able to ignore, you think you've got bills passing that aren't bills, you think uh, you know inflation's got nothing to do with government spending after you spent, what, six, seven, eight trillion dollars on COVID and all these other things. It must be just fun to live in that world where none of your actions have any consequences and a world where the economy is as strong as hell.
1: Our economy is strong as hell, and the internals, is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else than it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries. Not so much ours. That's how it's worldwide inflation.
2: I think if he, if you kept asking him questions in that scene, he would have stood there long enough for the, all of that ice cream to completely melt and run down his hands, and then it would be an empty cone and he would still be sitting there, blabbing on about something. That's who this guy is. Um, Look, not to say that this vice president is much better. Uh, She's apparently pitching uh, a uniting, sort of joining policy, a friendship between us and North Korea.
1: So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring.
0: <laughs> it's very strong and very enduring.
2: Look, yes, she probably just screwed that up and meant South Korea. And that's a little unfair. That's what people say. That's what they're going to say about this next clip too. But I, I, I don't think so. I think this next one, this comes from uh, Minnesota Democrat Representative Angie Craig. And I think she nailed this. This is essentially the central mission statement of the Democratic Party today. So I will leave you with this one because she nailed this from beginning to end. People will say she said it wrong, but no, no. I think she really wrapped up the views of the Democratic Party in one quick seven second clip.
1: I will never stop standing up for Big Pharma and standing against my constituents. Thank you. (laughs)
2: There you go, there you go. That's the 2022 Democrat disaster in seven seconds, exactly. I hope when you're sitting there and you're watching the Republicans flail around and try to elect a house speaker, you realize that at least, yes, you've got these guys and it's not pretty, but at least you're not those guys. couple of other non-political stories here for a second. Sam Bankman Freed has pled not guilty in the whole FTX collapse thing. Of course, he is the second largest donor to the Democratic Party, and he uh, is responsible for, it seems, uh, billions of dollars just missing. Ah, we were taking the money you were buying crypto with and just investing it in shady things. They were collapsing and we weren't telling you about it. Uh, he was over in the Bahamas. Now, of course, his ex-girlfriend, and she was also the CEO of Alameda Research she, Caroline Ellison. She's, she has an, and another executive, uh, Gary Wang. Both of them already pled guilty uh, to this, said we knew what was going on. We knew what we were doing was wrong, we did it anyway. Sam was in on it. Uh, <laughs> All that's already happened, but he's coming over and trying to get out of it still. We'll see if that works. And a bizarre story from a long, long time ago, 1968, actually, Romeo and Juliet. Remember this movie? You probably saw it back in the day, uh, whether it was at the theaters or uh, in, in high school, in drama class. Um, Romeo and Juliet had a bizarre situation where in one scene there was a very brief bit of nudity. Now, that's not all that odd for a movie, uh, however, uh, these two actors were 15 and 16 at the time. Now, there is a, a long-standing uh, you know, saying and, and kind of tradition in Hollywood is you try not to put 15- and 16-year-olds naked in your movies. You might be molesting them behind the scenes, of course. That's totally, totally common in Hollywood. But you don't put them actually in the movie. Apparently, they lied to them and said that the, the, these shots would not be in the movie. And they couldn't even confirm at least on opening night, that they were naked in the movie because when they went to the movie, they were not allowed to go to the premiere of the movie they were starring in because there was nudity in the movie of them. They were naked in the movie. They couldn't go because they were underage to see nudity of which they could see in the mirror at any point they wanted. So the whole point here is that they are now suing for more than five hundred million dollars. Uh, more than 50 years later, because they say they were lied to. Now, the director who could answer these charges is dead. He died in 2019. So I don't know how exactly this one's going to turn out, but it's just a generalized piece of advice from Studios America to you, Hollywood. Don't put 15 and 16 year olds naked in your movies and also don't molest them behind the scenes either. Engage with the algorithms, they love that. Drop a algorithmic engagement comment below right now if you're on uh, YouTube. Sharon writes, missed you, glad to see you back. Thank you so much, missed you too, Sharon. Welcome back, Stu, I love this stupid show. Five freaking stars. Yippee, you're back. I've been lost without good TV. That's true, this is the only good TV show out there. So make sure you check it out every single night. And this one comes in, if the climate activists are going to stop gluing themselves to things, can we start gluing themselves to things like the keels of ships, just asking. Well, you know, no one's ever asked a bad question. There are no bad questions here, and that one happens to be a good question. How much glue do we have? Is there, is there enough? Because there's a lot of How much glue do we need?